Welcome back to Tell Me a Scary Story. I'm your host, Avery Ross, and today we have three chilling true stories that'll leave you wide-eyed with goosebumps. While you prepare for the chills, if you're enjoying Avery After Dark, make sure to leave a nice little review and rating on Apple Podcasts and share Avery After Dark with your friends, family, coworkers. It all just helps me make more and more content for you all. So thanks, everyone. First up is one of the most unsettling true stories I have ever heard. It all started when two brothers, Nick and George, set out on a road trip. But what happened to them on this trip has haunted them for years. This is the glitch. In the winter of 2009, my brother and I took a road trip from Portland, Oregon to Florida and back again. We were visiting my sister who lived in Florida with her husband and they just had their first baby. The trip there went smoothly. The visit was great, but it was time for us to head back home. We got word that there was a big winter storm coming through the U.S., so we decided to take I-10. The I-10 is one of America's coast-to-coast interstates, so you can take it all the way from Florida to California and would keep us southern enough to miss the weather. We had originally planned another way back, but to avoid the snow, we changed our route home. It would add a few hours to the trip, but we both needed to be back at work on Monday morning and did not want to end up getting snowed in somewhere for days. We took off from Florida and made our way back. And it wasn't until we hit Texas that things started to get really strange. We were 100 miles outside of San Antonio when I noticed the fuel gauge was dropping noticeably faster than usual. The car we drove was a Honda Civic, and by that point, we knew how many miles we could squeeze out of the tank. I looked at the dash and figured that the gauge was just acting wonky and would eventually balance itself out. But it didn't. I couldn't figure out what was going on and have thought about that fuel gauge countless times since this all happened. I've come to the conclusion that it was an intentional glitch to make us pull over where we did. Our plan was originally to pull off 50 or so miles later, but with our tank now empty, we needed to pull off for gas and we were now in New Mexico. We hopped off the highway onto a smaller interstate, 285, to see what we could find. We drove and drove, but this part of New Mexico is lonely just small little towns, some of them completely deserted. My brother and I have talked about what happened next so many times and we still can't figure it out. We passed through a town named Vaughn, New Mexico and drove a bit farther. All of a sudden, we hit this big town. Oddly, we didn't even see any warning signs for it, but drove right in. We didn't know where we were. The name of the town wasn't loading onto the GPS, which is typical for newer roads and towns, But this town was older and established. It had numerous hotels, motels, fast food chains, restaurants, even some bars. To guess, this town had to have had 10 to 20,000 people. We were hungry and saw a sign for a Ruby Tuesdays. And after eating so much fast food, my brother and I decided to go sit down and grab some lunch. We parked in front and immediately upon entering, a waitress that was milling around the hostess stand said, Oh my word! Is that Nick and George? Both my brother and I answered, Uh, yeah, that was us. The waitress went on to ask, How's life in Portland? Suddenly we realized, This girl knows who we are. We're more than a thousand miles from home. Did we know her from Oregon or something? My brother and I both gave very vague, basic answers to her questions. And I could tell she was getting rather unsettled that my brother and I were being so evasive. When we were seated at our table... My brother turned to me and asked where we knew her from. That was the exact question I was going to ask him. 
I told him I had no idea who she was, and she must be mistaking us with someone else. A few minutes later, the bartender comes up to us and excitedly says, No friggin' way. George and Nick? Are you back for jobs? What? Jobs? My brother then told him that they all must have us confused with someone else. The bartender laughed it off and dismissed my brother and thought he was just messing around. He continued on and then said, How did those anatomy courses at Oregon State go? I remember thinking, this is not a coincidence anymore. My brother and I had both taken a three-month anatomy course at Oregon State in our early 20s. We were in our late 20s now. Finally, I asked this guy, where do you know us from? His expression changed. He looked at me up and down and then said, uh, you guys just look really similar to some people who used to work here. Sorry, I really should get back to work, and quickly walked away. We continued our meal and noticed that they switched out our waitress, the girl who knew us when we walked in, to someone else. A bit strange. A few minutes later, a middle-aged guy, who I assumed was the manager, started walking right towards us with a big smile on his face. As he got within 10 feet of us, he looked over my head, completely stopped in his tracks, and walked off in the other direction without saying a word. It was like someone instructed him from behind me not to talk to us. This had quickly become one of the most awkward meals of our lives. It started with everyone acting like it was a celebration for us to be there, to everyone avoiding us at all costs. We were done eating, and when we were ready to pay, our waitress said their computers were down and the meal was on the house. We both left quickly, just wanted to get out of there. We fueled up down the street, hoping the town's name was on the receipt, but no such luck. We hopped back on the interstate and back on our way. The rest of the trip was rather uneventful, but my brother and I spent the majority of it talking about what happened at that restaurant, how strange it all was. We tried to convince ourselves that we must have doppelgangers and debated that people that look similar may choose the same paths in life. We tried talking ourselves into it all being a big coincidence. When we got back to Portland, we decided to research and try to find this town on the map. We knew exactly where it was, close to Vaughn, New Mexico, down that interstate. But we could never, ever find it on a map. We have never been able to really explain what happened to us that day. It's all just strange. And my brother and I knew that this happened to us, but can't make any sense of it. Maybe it was just a glitch. But apparently, my brother and I worked at a Ruby Tuesdays in the middle of New Mexico. How mysterious that town was in general, never finding out the name, those restaurant workers knowing these personal details about Nick and George's life despite not knowing them? How would you feel if you walked in somewhere you had never been, never even heard of, and everyone knows you, knows about your life? Talk about a complete glitch in reality. Our next story is a classically spooky one. A couple had just moved into a new home with their two-year-old daughter, a fresh start for the family. Except, not long after moving in, something happened that would change how they viewed the home forever. This is Back to Sleep. We moved into our new home six months ago. There are two large bedrooms upstairs and two small bedrooms on the main floor. My husband and I take one of the upstairs bedrooms and our two-year-old daughter is in the other. Since moving in, she's been a bad sleeper, up several times during the night, sometimes crying, sometimes talking, We put an extra bed in her room and take turns sleeping with her so at least one of us gets a decent night of sleep. 
There's only one window at the end of the room with a six foot space between the beds. Now our daughter is very active, walks, talks, crawls, climbs. One night, it's my turn to sleep with her. She gets into bed with me, lying alongside me. I don't know what time it is, but it's dark outside. Though we get a bit of light from the neighbor's garage through the blinds that we didn't quite close. Usually when my daughter talks or gets up, I ignore her. I don't want her to wake up even more. I even keep my eyes closed because if we make eye contact, it's game on and she's up for the day. But this night, she gets in bed and is still. I'm sleeping on my stomach and she moves so she's lying on my back. She's a solid two-year-old and quite heavy, so I shift a little to get her to move, but not fall off me. She keeps climbing and putting her arms around my neck. She's cold, but it's a chilly night, and if she's climbing on me, then she's not being covered by the blanket. She's very persistent, and this feels like it's going on forever. I'm getting frustrated that she's just not going back to sleep. She's on my back, scooching down, lying on my legs, then back up to my back with her arms around my neck. I finally crack and say, will you please just go to sleep? At which point my daughter, from the other bed across the room, asks, what's that, mommy? The weight on my back instantly lifts and I look over to see my daughter sitting up in bed, literally on the other side of the room, looking at me. I take her and book it into the main bedroom. The next day, we move her bed to a downstairs bedroom and take turns sleeping on the floor next to her bed. Nothing felt ominous, just somewhat playful, though I am not eager to experience that again. Oh, come on. Being asleep, you are so vulnerable, so to feel something crawling all over you? Oh. For a final story, we have an update from our viewer who wrote in a few weeks back. She told us about feeling her late husband's spirit all around her home for the past seven years. If you remember, the story was called The Bell. If you didn't catch it, I will link it below and you can check it out, but you all really loved her story and it is pretty amazing. To sum it up, our viewer's husband passed seven or so years ago and he was the love of her life and it seems that he never quite left. She believes that he is still very much in her life, his spirit, his ghost, if you will, and she finds very obvious indicators around the home that he is still there. Cabinets will open, she'll hear footsteps, but his presence is a very welcomed presence in her home. She's comforted by it. But there's been a change since we last heard from her. Something has shifted. This is who's here. Dear Avery, I just wanted to give you an update. It's officially the holiday season and it's always so hard doing it alone. I miss my late husband now more than ever, but I can sense him still around. Footsteps throughout the house, lights turning on on their own. I know he's still around. But something really strange has happened. About a month ago, I was invited by some friends to go to a party that included a session with a psychic medium. This medium had been referred to by a friend and comes highly regarded. I myself never consulted with any kind of medium or psychic before, so this was all very new to me. My friends played it off like it would be an interesting evening for us all. And obviously, I had my husband on my mind and hoped that maybe he would come through. The night went really well. We had drinks and dinner, and then it started. The medium sat us down in a circle. There were about 10 other women there, and she began reading the room. She started the session sitting quietly and then began rocking. 
She then got up and began walking around. It seemed that she was gifted as she started picking up on a few different past family members of a few of the women. She then said, Someone here lost a husband? A middle-aged man is coming forward with very loving energy. He's telling jokes and doing finger guns? I then began laughing. I knew he was here, my love. And those darn finger guns. I lost my husband. That's him. I'm not surprised he showed up. He's all about the party and was a jokester. He liked to follow up his corniest jokes with the finger guns, I said laughing to the medium. He's showing me that he's around you a lot. Have you felt that? She asked. Oh yeah, I've felt him around everywhere since he passed. I love having him with me. I just miss him so much, I said. He's a very happy spirit, very at peace and loves to be with you, even from beyond. I love that you're so welcome to his energy and so open to the other side, the medium said. I nodded and she switched gears and then said, I'm getting a more aggressive younger male spirit now. Someone who died in their early 20s. It was a tragic death, the medium said, her demeanor much more serious now. She began looking around the room, but it was completely silent. No one claimed to know anyone like this and no one could recognize the spirit. He's very angry and he's restless and he's not leaving. Since he isn't connected to one of you all, he may be connected to the home, the land here, or just a rogue spirit. I need to work with him later, the medium said, brushing her hands to the side, gesturing she was trying to push the spirit away. She seemed distressed when dealing with him, but eventually moved on and continued the reading. The rest of the session went well, and we wrapped up the night an hour or so later. My friend drove me home afterwards, and when I got back, I walked into the kitchen to find a few cabinets had been opened by my love and a chair was pulled all the way out. His usual greeting for me. I went to my bedroom and began getting ready for bed when a few moments later, suddenly, a commotion came from the living room. I could hear as glass crashed all over the floor. I ran down to see what happened and I was shocked. Our wedding photo that was hanging in the front hallway was now shattered into a hundred pieces lying on the floor. But this was no ordinary accident. This seemed it had been done with purpose as the frame was in the middle of the hallway, almost like it had been thrown. Immediately, I got this dark sinking feeling. I knew this was not a sign from my love. He had never ever been this aggressive, in life or death. Playful, yes, but destroying our things, especially a photo of us? This wasn't him. I got down on all fours and began trying to pick up some pieces of glass to clean up when suddenly my bedroom door slammed shut again, loud with force. I yelled out, who's here? Complete silence. A few nights later, I was sitting downstairs watching some TV when I heard footsteps coming from upstairs. If you can remember, I said my love would do that, but these were not like that. They were loud, thudding footsteps. Like someone was stomping around up there, angry. I went up to check. There was no one there. I called out again, who's here? And again, complete silence. I feel there's another spirit here now besides my husband. And I can't help but think that something followed me home from that session with the medium. I wonder if this spirit heard the medium talk about how open and welcome I am to the spirit realm. And I'm concerned it's the angry young man that came through during that session that followed me home. For the past month, I've been very on edge. The energy in my home has shifted. I can still feel my love's presence, but there's another strange, darker energy here now. 
Other picture frames have fallen off the walls and tables. I'll find them shattered on the floor. Radios will turn on blasting out of nowhere. Certain personal items of mine will go missing. And waves of freezing cold air will hit me out of nowhere. It is getting cold outside, but no matter how high I turn up the heat, some rooms just stay cold. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about all this, and I don't know what this ghost wants. But my home feels aggressive now, and I am uncomfortable here at times. It's like I'm being watched. I've been asking my husband for guidance, and I do feel his spirit is still protecting me. But I've left word for that medium and have also reached out to my minister from church. I'll let you know what I decide to do, and I'll keep you updated. Paranormal experts believe one of the most common ways to open up the floodgates to unwanted activity like this is through Ouija boards and psychics and mediums. Not always. I've been to a few sessions with mediums and clairvoyants, and I enjoyed it a lot and never brought anything home with me. But this viewer is experiencing something that I know many others have dealt with. That's why I wanted to share her story. I would love to know your thoughts on this and advice you would give to our listener. If anyone else has experienced this type of presence, I want to hear from you. You can leave a comment on the YouTube episode I've linked below. Until next episode, this is Avery After Dark.